So glad you're here tonight. Next Level Men's Meeting, it's, you know, our, our goal, our purpose, and what we're all about is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together, to connect, to grow, to get free, and go to the next level. And uh, the next level in life, our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created, created to be. That's what we're all about. We're about going to the next level in our life. And I don't know about you, but for me, you know, uh, they're, they're, I'm so grateful that I'm not where I started. <laughs> Uh, you know, when I got when I got born again, had an experience with Jesus in January January of 1993. I am so glad I am a different man. You know, I, I mean, I say I'm so glad I'm not a boy. <laughs> you know, I was 19 going on 20, and you know, I'm so glad that that I'm that I have my life has changed because of the Word of God. My life's changed because of a church, the church I was connected to. My life's been changed because of serving others. And a lot of times people look at discipleship and, and they look at this aspect that discipleship is, is all about what's in the, just, this, just the word. But discipleship, yeah, the word, but, but it's doing the word. It's, it's doing the word. And, and part of Jesus' growth came not just knowing the word of his father, but the, the, his growth in his life came from his relationships and it came from his, his, um, came from his serving. And so don't, you know, the, the keys to your discipleship to grow into the man of God he's called you to be is going to come from the word. It's going to come from his presence. It's going to be coming, being planted around in, in a good church and it's going to become from serving. You know, if you, if you miss any of those things, somehow along you're, you're going you're gonna to shortchange something in your growth process. Because Jesus didn't say, just, 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 okay, just hear what I have to say, disciples. He also said, all right, as I did, so you'll do. So there's, there's this aspect of, of doing what we're hearing, amen? And, and what we're talking about is going to the next level. So therefore, we're going to the next level. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to the other side, amen? We're going to the, say, I'm going to the other side. You know, the disciples were going to, with Jesus to the other side, and, and, you know, they, and a lot of times people think, well, well, Jesus was just trying to see what kind of faith they had and see what they were made of. And, and, and that wasn't a test to see what kind of faith they had. This was the enemy. It said it was of a hurricane proportion that was, that was trying to destroy them. This, this wasn't something that to see what their faith was made of. This was to keep them from getting to the other side because there was a demon-possessed man that would eventually go and reach 10 cities. Decapolis. Jesus, he, even after Jesus set him free, he said, he, he said, man, can I come with you? And he says, no, why don't you stay here and testify of what I've done in your life? Amen. And so you have to realize going to the next level is like going to the other side. And as you go to the next level, you will have divine encounters. You will have divine appointments. You will have divine relationships that may be the very thing that sets a whole city free. You're not made for small things. None of us men in here are made for small things. Say, I'm not made for small things. Say, I'm made for great things. Amen. Amen. So this, this uh, last year, our, our theme was making of a champion. This year, our theme is breaking the mold. And, uh, and last month when we were together, I started talking about uh, this uh, integrity is a missing ingredient to success. Say integrity. Say that with me. Integrity. integrity. Is a, is a missing ingredient to success. To success. 
And so I'm looking forward to talking about that tonight. Before, before, I, before I start getting into another aspect of integrity, uh, I, I want us to read our, um, you know, our statements of faith. Amen. On that paper that you got from, that just handed to you on the top there, there's those five things, and these are our statements of faith. I want you to say this over yourself, uh, you know, and, I, and it's not just saying, but I want you to say it and believe it, because as you say it and believe it, you'll start acting it. Amen? Amen. So let's read these together. Step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job in your moment. Hate apathy. Reject passivity. Refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of a sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you are challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. Serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness. Hope in the eternal and live for a greater reward. Amen. That's what we're about. Say that over yourself. Amen. Because that's the way God sees you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to begin tonight in uh, Romans chapter 12 and and I'm just going to read the scripture. You don't need to turn there. Um, just, just, just hear this. This is the New Living Translation. And it says this. Don't copy the behavior in the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now let me say that statement again. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So he's going to transform me when I change the way I think. This is then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Change the way you think and you'll change the way you live. You know, that's, that one is on, the, is on your paper there. Change the way you think and you'll change the way you live. See, there's no better time than right now that I believe for society to be transformed. You know, see, the very thing that has broken down society over the years has been a lack of character. You see, what we're about as a men's ministry is, is, is about being men of character. That's our main purpose as men is being men of character, not, not being a character. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, it's not about being a character, but, but we're about to be men of character. Amen. Men of character. And, and men of character are men of integrity. It's, it's men of honesty. It's men of self-control. It's, it's men of wisdom. It's men of, men of love. It's men of compassion. It's men of action. It's, it's, these are things that make up, make, make, about, make, up about, make up a great character. You see, but society has slowly eroded its foundation pri- primarily because of a lack of character. So that means if we're going to transform society, we have to first start with ourselves and transform us as individuals. Because if you transform an individual, then you can transform society. It's not about, you know, you can add all sorts of laws, you can add all sorts of regulations and all sorts of things in society, but will that fix humanity? Will that, will that fix what's wrong in, in the United States of America right now? Because, because there's something wrong at the core and it has to do with character. 
So you and I have to be the one that chooses to stand up in our generation and says, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a man of character. I'm not going to be like the world. I'm going to be a man of character. I'm going to be a man that's in the world, but not of the world. I'm going to be a man that chooses to be a light in the midst of darkness. I, I, I don't want to be a, a, a leader. I don't want to be a pastor that blends in with the present day world around me. I, I want to be different. And if I want to be different, then I have to allow this word to continue to transform my life. As I said last week, we, we started talking about, last month we talked about integrity, the missing ingredient. You know, John Maxwell says that integrity is the state of being complete or unified. He also says the secret to rising and not falling is integrity. You know, last month you you saw I had, uh, I should have got some more this week, but I had some Duncan Hines brownie mix and we had some cake mix and some cookie mix. And, and, you know, and and so, so I have this image that I'm shooting for, for this, man, these brownies that would just melt and you can, oh, you can smell them cooking. Man, you're like, oh, if I just had some vanilla ice cream on that brownie with walnuts and, you know, and so, so no matter how good that picture looks on the outside of that box, if I say, you know what, I, you know, I don't want to use eggs. You know what, I, I think I'll leave the sugar out. For all those that don't eat sugar, the Splenda out. <laughs> so if you're really health conscious of the, the monk fruit, that's another, that's a healthy one. <laughs> Xylitol, that's another one. But, but the whole point is, is, if I leave an ingredient out, if I leave any one of those ingredients out, I'm not going to get the picture of what that, that cake mix is, is, is des, that I desire to have. I'm, if I'm missing something. So it's the same thing in our lives. We can say we want to be this image of a, a godly husband, a godly father, you know, a godly minister. But we have to make sure, are, we, are the ingredients, am I adding the right ingredients into my life? Am I adding the right ingredients into my life? And that's what we dealt with last night and last week. It's a missing ingredient. And we talked about 2 Peter. He says, add to your faith virtue. And that word virtue there is, is excellent. So I've got faith, but then he says, you need to add virtue to it, which is moral excellence. You need to add to your, to your virtue. You need to add knowledge. You need to add temperance. You need to add self-control. You need to add charity. And he said, if you, these things be in you, it says, neither will you be barren or unfruitful. So I have to have these ingredients in my life. Well, you can go online to our men's page at our website and you can listen to last month's and listen to every month on there. But as I get into this tonight, the picture on the, the front of that cake mix, let, let's, let's say, I don't want to belittle this or that, but say, say that, that picture of that brownie is God. You see, God is full of integrity. He's full of integrity. Jesus, the Father, they are examples of integrity, and they're full of integrity. So when I say, what, is, what does it mean when God is full of integrity? I mean, he's sound, meaning he's unimpaired. And this is on your sheet. The second thing, he's incorruptible. I mean, he's firm, adherence to a code of moral values. The next thing, he's complete, meaning undivided. He's trustworthy, meaning he's dependable, deserving of confidence. He is reliable, 
He can be counted upon for aid and support. See, integrity is not just something that God chooses to operate in. Integrity is who he is. Integrity is who he is. We we talk about God is love. Love is who he is. He doesn't have love. He is love. God is wall-to-wall love. You You can't separate God from love because it's who he is. You also can't separate him from integrity. Because if God were to ever step out of, outside of love or he ever stepped outside of, of his word, then he would step out of integrity. So, so anytime you, if you lose, if, if anything, if, if God is missing integrity, then love doesn't mean anything. His word doesn't mean anything. Because everything that is established upon God is his word. And in order for his word to be what his word is, he has to be full of integrity. Integrity is who he is. It's not just something he does. Integrity is who he is. Isaiah 65 verse 16 says, Because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by the God of truth. Because he who is blessed in the earth will be blessed by the God of truth. He's a God of truth. Why why is that so important? You know, to define integrity tonight and and what I want to deal with, and this is when I was praying over this, and I was like, Lord, do you really want me to talk about this tonight? And and then he was like, yep, I want you to talk about this tonight. And I said, okay. You see, if you're looking at integrity... You need to see integrity as truth. And so tonight, tonight I want to talk about lying. Or truth, not lying. <laughs> and there's a hush across the... You know, Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Now, now when we look at that statement, you can just brush over it real quickly and said, okay, that's great that God doesn't lie. But that also tells me something else. As a man, a man lies. So God compared himself to a man, compared himself to something. And he said, I don't do this. So because he said, I don't do this. This lets me know this one does. And (laughs) And shouldn't. So, you know, it's like if I am God. And so I, you know, God doesn't lie. As a man. (laughs) So that lets me know the principle that he's talking about the nature of mankind. He's talking about the fallen man in his fallen state. In that fallen state, (laughs) you and I are liars. We are. God says, I am not a man that I should lie. So, So it lets us know what God doesn't do, but it also lets us know what man does do. You know, the old, you know, the old um, commercial, you know, uh, you know, I am Justin, I am an alcoholic, you know, it, it's like there was one time and they're all the lies, you know, I am Justin, I am a liar. Now, now listen, li- li- listen, because, because most of the time we, we, we lie and don't even know it. You know, half truths, maybe my wife didn't know all of what happened, um, Maybe you said something that uh, just to make yourself look a little bit better in front of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go and I'm going to deal with a few things here. But, but this reveals the nature of man. 
that the nature of man at the core of who he is, is a liar. You see, casting blame is lying. Shifting blame is lying. Well, 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 boss, it, it wasn't me. It was that other person. That's now, I, I mean, I, I got some statistics here. I, I like statistics. You know, if you here a couple weeks ago um, when Eric was here, he said, Justin likes to research. Now, I, I, found, this, I found this online. I did some research today. Now, now, now listen to this. By the age four, 90% of children have learned the concept of lying. Based on studies performed in the past, it's estimated that 60% of adults cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying once. Within those 10 minutes, an average adult will lie three times. Who gets lied to the most? Parents, 86%. Friends, 70%. Siblings, 73%. And your spouse, 69%. Where's the, where are the most lies seen? Number one, uh, actually, the, the, uh, the second one is resumes. 40%. 40% of people lie on resumes. Number two, dating sites. I mean, the number one is dating sites. 90% of people lie on dating sites. Everyday lying. 12% of adults admit to telling a lie often or sometimes. 80% of women admit to telling harmless half-truths occasionally. 31% of people admit to lying on their resumes. 13% of patients will lie to their doctor. 32% of their patients will stretch the truth to their doctor. Six lies are told daily by men to their partner, boss, or colleagues. And three lies are told daily by women to their partner, boss, or colleagues. Lying is considered more common among phone calls than face-to-face. One, one lie in every seven is usually uh, is, is discovered as uh, one in seven, one in every seven lies is discovered as far as the meaning one out of every seven lies you'll get caught. Um, ten, the tenth of lies are just exaggerations. Sixty percent are outright deceptions. Seventy percent of liars claim they would tell their lies again. And Americans tell an average of 11 lies a week. This is interesting, isn't it? I'm going somewhere with this. Just Common reasons for lying. Lying to save face, shift blame, avoid confrontation, to get your way, to be nice. Lying to make yourself feel better. Most people lie an average of four times a day, which equates to 1,460 lies every year. A man can lie twice as much as a woman in a single day. The number one reason for lying is to get out of trouble or make ourselves look good. The average child begins to, begins to tell lies between the ages of two and three. When me, a kid, now, this is a child. When a child meets someone new, the average person, when, when someone meets someone new, the average person will lie two to three times in ten minutes when they meet someone new. Most people, I already read that one. Um, the number one lie that, that most people share will be, Nothing, nothing's wrong, I'm fine. That's the number one lie. Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. We lie for a lot of reasons. To make ourselves look good. To get out of trouble. And to avoid hurt feelings. Some more here. One more page. Just a few more here. Nine in ten middle schools and schoolers admit to regularly cheating on their homework. 
Over 15 million Americans are victims to fraud annually, costing $50 billion in damages. 57% of men admit to infidelity in the past or present relationship. And 54% of women admit the same. Wow. Over half of married men and women. 57% of men, 54, said they're either in having an affair or had an had affair while in that current relationship. See, there's this. So here God says, I'm not a man that I should lie. Or the son of man that I should change my mind. And so with this aspect of truth, that this, this truth is a, a missing ingredient to success in our life. You know, you have to understand, and, and I, I'm reading these things from a natural perspective, but you know what? When we made Jesus the Lord of our lives, we no longer became natural. Hmm. John 8 verse 40, 44 talks about that man's nature is a liar because the God of this world is the father of lies. But you know what? We've been given a new nature. Let's look at Second Peter. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Divine nature. See, God was comparing himself to natural man, but here it says, it says, I'm now a partaker of divine nature. Say, I have a new nature. You see, your spirit is reborn, and so you have a new nature. See, now you need to get, you need to get your, your, your mind, you need to get your soul, your mind, your emotions to line up with this new nature. All right? Romans 12 in the Amplified talks about, verse 2 in the Amplified says that your mind, that your mind would be transformed and renewed with the new ideas, new ideals, and attitude. So I'm supposed to transform my mind so I gain new ideals. Meaning I gain new ways of doing things. All right? So stay with me here because, because this is so important. Because I, I don't want to condemn you for, for where you're at. But I want you to see where as men we need to go. We need to be ones that live out of truth. So what is this divine nature that we are, we are partakers of? We can see this in, in, in Titus chapter 1. Verse 2 in the Passion Translation says this, which rests on the hope of eternal life. God, who never lies, has promised this before time began. It is not in God to lie. It is not in God to lie. It says who, nev- who never lies. So, so when I became a partaker of this divine nature, I became part of a nature of the God, the heavenly father that doesn't lie. So when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God came down on the inside of you and the, and the spirit of truth is now living on the inside of you. All right. Say, say the spirit of truth is living on the inside of me. See, so that new nature that you've received is one that doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. Uh, in uh, Psalms 89, I'm just reading these for the sake of time. Around verse 33 or so, it says, But I will never, no, never lift my faithful love from off their lives. My kindness will prevail, and I will never disown them. How could I revoke my covenant of love that I promised David? 
For I have given him my word, my holy, irrevocable word. How could I lie to my loving servant, David? God says, I I will not. I will not withdraw my God because it was my word. I gave my word. And he says, he says, I could not lie to my servant, David. The, you know, I made this covenant and I'm not going to turn back on this covenant because if I turn back on this covenant, that means I lied. And if, and if I lied, then I don't have an integrity. And if I don't have integrity, my whole kingdom falls. His whole kingdom is built on this integrity and it's built on and established upon this principle of truth. So we have this divine nature and it is a nature that doesn't lie. And it's a nature that keeps covenant. Hallelujah. You know, it, it's so much. We're talking about keeping covenant, going back on promises. I mean, it's so, it's so apparent and everywhere. So it, it's hard to find relationships that you can trust. It's, it's hard to find, you know, um, in marriage relationships, com- those commitments being strong. Why? Because, because the, the, the instability, because the lack of truth. The instability because of a lack of truth. We see it in marriages. We, you know, we, we see it in, in churches all the time. People make commitments. They make promises. But see, God's trying to get you and I, he's trying to get his people, his men to a place where they don't lack integrity. Because lacking integrity is hindering him taking, where, taking you where he wants you to go. This, this lifestyle of lying and being okay with lying and being, being well, it's just everyone lies a little bit. It's, it's okay. It's, it's all right. It, it's, it's okay. No, it, it, it's hindering your integrity and it's hindering God to build your life on a strong foundation. You know, it, it's sometimes we, you know, he, he, he talks about, he goes, he's faithful over little. It says he'll make rule over much. But you know what? You know, it, it's, it's this aspect of, of he wants to trust you with major things. He wants, to, he wants to trust you with people. He wants to trust you with his kingdom. He wants to trust you with finances. He wants to trust you with greatness. He wants to trust you with so many things. And, and yeah, we can, we can talk about the blessing. We can talk about the blessing being on We can talk us about being rich and, and prospering. Everything I set my hand to prospers. And all those things are great because those are God's ultimate desires for his kingdom and, and his people in his kingdom. That's part of the covenant that we have. But the thing is, is he also realizes if he just dropped a million dollars in your hand, what would you do with it tomorrow? You know, people say, say, well, if I just had that money, I, I would be, if I just had that, you know, and you know, it's like, you know, I heard someone say, it's like, well, you just, if you just had more money, you would go from having an affair at motel six and do it in the Hilton. I mean, it, it, it just says, you're just going to change locations. You know, it just doesn't matter. You know, it's <laughs> so it, it's just, it doesn't, I mean, it's not about having more money. It's, 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 it, it's, if you want more money, let's, 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 let's have integrity. I mean, we, we, we really want to talk about New, New Testament giving and, and integrity and in giving. Look at Ananias and Sapphira. Bam. And, you, and no one could say, oh, that was just under the old covenant. Hmm. Hmm. And it was all about what, lying about what they gave. <laughs> and, that's the same God. And, it's, and it's the same God. He doesn't change. And we're going to talk about that next month. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so this whole aspect that we have to understand is, is, is what's my life built on? Because if I pull truth, if I pull truth, if I, if I input lies into my life, then it's almost like that game Jenga. You know, I'm just pulling out the truth. And I'm pulling out this. I'm pulling out these pieces. What eventually is going to happen is that tower is going to fall. See, integrity that God has set up is to protect you, not confine you. Truth. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 6. And this is good in any translation, but I'd like one word in this translation that it uses. Bless you. Hebrews 6, verse 18. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. Going to the next level. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 18 says, So it is impossible for God to lie. For we know... That his promise and his vow will never change. See, this is the nature. This is the divine nature we have. We have the nature of God now. And it says it's impossible for God to lie. For we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. I love that. It's impossible for God to lie. You see, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And it's, that's, 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 that's a part of God. And he will direct you into truth. He will lead you into all truth. You know, I, I remember a time when, when uh, Annette and I, we were, we were married. And, and uh, probably the first, I think, six months that we were married... And um, there was something that happened, and, and, I had, and I had said something. And what I said wasn't the truth. And you know what? I didn't have even a reason to lie. I, I didn't even know why I even said it or where it came from. I was just like, and I kind of like just, what happened? But like all, all day that day, this is the Lord said, you, you need to make that right. You, you need to make that right. You need to make that right. And I was like, well, it's not a big deal. It's, I mean, she believed me. And it wasn't, it wasn't like it was, I mean, it wasn't an affair. It wasn't anything had to do with it. It wasn't anything major. It wasn't a, a big deal in the scheme. I just, I mean, I don't even know where it came from. I was like, what is that? And so I, I, I just throughout the day, I'm like, Lord, but I mean, we're good. It's, it's all good. It's all good. You know, I mean, it, it's, and, and so it's like right before we went to bed and he, and, and, and I said, I was like, um, honey, um, remember this morning when I said such and such? Um, that, that wasn't really, that really wasn't the truth. And I said, this is, this, is, this is what it was. And she was like, oh, okay. And she kind of looked at me funny and, and kind of like, well, why did you even say anything? And I said, I don't want to have anything in between you and I. And I said, small or great. 
And so, and so that's how, that's, see, that, what was that? That was divine nature working. That was divine nature working. Divine nature working. Hallelujah. Go to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Give me about five, five or ten more minutes. Hallelujah. Colossians 3. See here, he's writing to born-again believers. He's writing to a church. You know, and it's interesting that, that I'm, the scripture I'm about to read, he's, he had to write this to a church. <laughs> You're like, well, it, it should be just a given, right? You know, um, you know so when, when you put this in perspective, and, and a lot of times we take, we take the epistles as, as you know, you know sort of like I press towards the mark of the high calling and, and all these things. And we can use them for individual life and, because it's the word of God, but realize it all has to do with the church. And he, he, he says this in verse 9. He says, lie not. <laughs> Did he really have to tell that to the church? <laughs> so evidently there, there must have been some lying going on. The verse before it says, but now you also put off all, the, put off all these anger. So you, here, do you really have to tell the church you need to put off anger? Did you really need to tell the church put off malice? Did you really need to tell them blasphemy, filthy communication? Out of your mouth, you know, filthy communication. Did we really have to go there? And this says, lie not one to another, <laughs> seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. <laughs> lie not one to another. Didn't you put off the old man? <laughs> Put off the old man. Hallelujah. Put off the old man with his deeds. Meaning this old nature, that's his deeds are this lying, right? But you know what? I'm so glad to know that we have a new nature. But it's something we have to do as men. I mean, I'm not going to show of hands. How many of you lied today? How many times you lied this week? Last, you know, you see, it, it's just simple, it's subtle, whatever, but it, it's just making a decision. And I'm not trying to put a yoke on you, a bondage. I'm, I'm just bringing the word and letting the word illuminate areas we need to grow in, right? This is not being, this is not to condemn you. This is to say, you know what? I need to put this off in my life because, you know, ultimately it's hindering me from God's best. If we could just understand that any of this, this living integrity is, is the avenue and the stability of what I built a blessed life on. Amen. So lie not one to another, but put off the old man and his deeds. Then the next verse says, and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the of him that created him. So here I'm put off the new man, put off the old man and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him. What am I renewing my mind, my, this new man to? The knowledge of him. So what did we just learn about the knowledge of him? He doesn't lie. He keeps his covenant. It's impossible for him to lie. So as I'm looking at this word and I'm looking at the knowledge of him, that begins to shape my mind. That begins to transform me to having new ideals, new ideals, amen, new attitudes, new way of doing things. Ephesians 5. Just a few pages over. Verse 1. 
Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Amplified says, therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well beloved children imitate their father. So here, you know, get this. This, this is, he's talking to the church. He's telling the church, hey, hey, Vic, you be imitators of God as dear children. Amen. You, you copy him, you follow his example. Well, what did we learn tonight? What was his example? He doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for him to lie. He keeps his covenant, meaning he, he's, he's not going to go against his covenant. And he's not going to alter what he, what's come out of his mouth. Because if he alter what comes out of his mouth, then that'd be a lie, right? So that's our example. And it tells us, be imitators of him. Be an example of him. Copy him. Follow him. Amen. We're to be imitators of God. Why does he want us to be imitators of God? Why? Because he wants us to emulate his integrity. Hallelujah. And you should, you should be the one getting the promotions on your job because of how much integrity you have. You're the most blessed on your block because of the integrity you walk in. Yes. And I'm telling you, you say, well, in the natural sometimes, you know, oh, well, you know, I've got to, you know, I've got to, you know, you, you, ha- you have to, you have to, it's a dog eat dog world out there. You got to, you got to get yours. You got to, no, you need to be a man of integrity. I'm telling you, a man of integrity will put you in places. You know, I had a, a, um, a, a friend of mine is a retired dentist, and he's a pastor in San Angelo. His name is Dr. Derry, Jerry Roach, and he pastors a church, and his, um, his brother um, is, uh, was a doctor at Parkland Hospital, um, which his good friend was at Parkland Hospital as well, and uh, was, was there, and he's actually the one that worked on um, Lee Harvey Oswald. And, uh, and so he has a lot of connections, government and, and so forth. And, and um, I'll probably tell you some other stuff about that as well, but I won't. Um, but the issue, what he told me about, about integrity, was that he, he also knew someone that they were two of Saddam Hussein's um, head people under him in his cabinet. On his, on his, I forget what they call his board or his cabinet that he had. And, um, and he actually had two of his top men on his cabinet were actually Christians. And, and so they interviewed him. These guys were also interviewed by John Kerry and Hillary Clinton. And, um, and they talked about the weapons of mass destruction. And they said yeah, there were no weapons of mass destruction there. But they said, oh, yes, they were. They said, we just got him out of there. We put him on a train and put him to Syria before you got there. And so the, the weapons were there. And, and so, um, so my, my pastor got to meet these guys. And they came and talked in his church. And it, and it couldn't be recorded or anything. Um, and, and he said, why did he, and the, he asked him this behind closed doors, he said, why did Saddam have Christians on his board? He said, because he, we were the only ones he could trust. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. And so, so the, the whole aspect of integrity, well, Daniel, why was Daniel so successful in a godless, in a godless kingdom? Because of integrity. You take care of integrity, and God will open doors that no man can shut for you. And part of this integrity that we're dealing with tonight is truth. Amen. And we're going to unpack this from month after month in and, and these different aspects of integrity. Go to First Peter, and I just got two more scriptures. Maybe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. First Timothy. 
I'm sorry, First Peter. I apologize. Come on, Peter. Peter, where'd you go, Peter? <laughs> right before Second Peter. Is that it? Thank you, Dave. So I'm at First Peter. Sorry. First Peter. Man, that nuclear that nuclear physicist that you're you know, that. Man, I, I need to bring you along. I need to be with Dr. Savell on Sunday mornings. I, I need to bring you with me, Dave, so I can. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 21. Hallelujah. For even, if, even to this were you called, it is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example. Say personal example. So that you should follow his footsteps. So he's my personal example and I should follow his footsteps. Now what was his footsteps? He was guilty of no sin. Neither was deceit ever found in his lips. Woo. Wow. And so and people say, oh, well, can you really be like Jesus? Well, Peter said, I'm to follow his example. Amen. And it tells me what his example was. That there was no sin and there was no deceit found on his lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted in. He trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Meaning he took care of his integrity and he let God open doors for him. He let God do things for him. He took care of what he was supposed to do. And he said, I'm going to have my faith on him who judges fairly. I'm going to do right. You know what? And when I do right, he's going to do great. Amen. So here we see this divine nature that God be an imitator of God and follow Jesus example. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. God cannot lie. Hallelujah. 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 Psalms 92, verse 15 says, The Lord is upright, my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. The Lord is upright, he's my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. You know, the Lord took me to the scripture and, and really asking, asking me, he goes, Will you be a rock for your wife? Will you be a rock for this church? Will you be someone that people can lean on and look to to be someone that they can follow? Because we talked about it being imitators of God and imitators of Jesus. And Paul said, follow me as what I follow Christ. And I'm not calling us Lord or anything like that. But, but, but Justin is upright. Justin is a rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Amen. Justin is upright. Justin is a rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. And for the religious mind, that's, that can be difficult because we're ingrained that we're unrighteous. But Jesus made me. I'm not talking about my righteousness. I'm talking about Jesus' righteousness. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about my nature. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm a partaker of his divine nature. And after that, he said, add to your faith virtue. 
excellence. Hallelujah. I want you to be able to say that about yourself, your spouse to say that about you. That you know what? My husband is upright. My husband is a rock. Amen. And there's no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Before we break up in our groups, I want us to I want you to repeat this after me. I am what this word says I am. I can be what this word says I can be. I can do what this word says I can do. I am an imitator of God. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life of integrity. I am a man of my word. I am stable. I am grounded. I am settled. I am a man that can be followed. A man that can be trusted. I'm an example of stability. I honor my vows. I honor my commitments. I am a finisher. And I am a leader that always follows through. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At this time, go ahead and break up in, in groups of five or six. And um, on your paper there, there's a couple questions that you guys can, can uh, unpack. I always like doing this because, it, one, it, it builds relationships and connections. But it also helps reinforce, you know, the, the main thing tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap it up. And uh, we'll, we'll just start to close out. Yeah, just uh, just each group, just just uh, pray in each group. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm going to I'll just say a mass prayer over everyone. All right, Father, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord, and I just thank you that that uh, we're not here tonight just trying to demand perfection out of each person or individual, but. Father, it's just being your children, your, your men of God that, that you've called and created. And we just thank you for the work that you've started in each one of us and the work that you're completing in us. Thank you, Father, for, for going, causing us as men to go to the next level, Father. Thank you that our families are going to the next level, our children are going to the next yes. level. And, Father, we will be those living examples, Father. We will be living epistles, so to speak, that can be read by all men and we would be able to be, be those, those voices of integrity and the voice of truth, Father, everywhere we go. And I just thank you for our time that we've had tonight. I thank you for, for peace in every home, strength in every home, healing in every body. Thank you, Father, for wisdom. Thank you for, for men in here that need wisdom, Father. Where, wherever season they're in their life right now, that they'd have wisdom to navigate what they're going through and what they're walking through as you take them, Father, into to the places that you have for them. Father, and I just thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your hand on each one of us as men of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, real quickly, the, the assignment is uh, over the next 30 days between now and our next meeting, just read one, uh, one proverb a day, one chapter a day. Don't forget about your exercise, getting your heart rate up. Also, if you're not part of a Thrive group yet, get a part of a Thrive group. Uh, and also, uh, on your way out, they're going to hand you a, a piece of paper. And uh, if you were here a couple of Sundays ago, Dr. Savell had all the heads of households come up. 
and, uh, and really men of the church. And, and it, was, it actually is a transcribed, transcription of his prayer that he prayed over all the men. And so, um, and so on your way out, make sure you get one of those from um, Freddie, whoever's handing them out. And uh, they're right here. Okay. And so you can take that with you. And uh, other than that, we'll be, uh, we'll be back the first, uh, the first Thursday in June. Bring somebody with you. And as we continue talking about integrity, love you guys. Have a great week.